Hey, everybody. Man, it is good to be here with you all. Let me make sure that this is nice and centered. Perfect. So, hi. Wow. I'm thrilled to be standing here among you all, and I'm thrilled to see you all here and to have some free pizza with you all just to connect on, you know, on the dinner, on the food level as well. And we'll, we'll have lots of opportunities, really, to uh, you know, continue to have some free food together and so uh, with these other events that we have going on. And so I'm excited you're here. And it is the new, it's sort of a new semester. Tonight, or yesterday, we had our first day of classes, and it has just begun. And so it is incredible to just get a taste of, I'm no longer in school, okay, but I, I lead this group, and it's incredible just to be able to meet new faces and to introduce people to the opportunity to kick off perhaps your whole college career just this week, you just started, or perhaps even, even if you've been a you're continuing student, and it, it's so good for you to be a part of this with us in order for you to really get your semester, your school year on the right track early with us. And so I'm so glad you're here. You've made an excellent choice. Uh, does that sound good? Are you glad you're here? Just kidding. Of course you are. Okay. So what we have here is uh, this series that we concocted called Designed. It has this, has this very cool, interesting, ethereal kind of design on the cover there. It's, it's very cool. And... This series is about living according to God's good design. This series kind of has a special place in my heart because I graduated from Chico State with a degree in graphic design. And so I, it's near and dear to me the idea of the concept of solving problems through design and the intention and the purpose that comes with a designer's fingerprints, a designer's choices that he makes or he or she makes in order to create something new. And we want to look at God as the great designer through this series. As over the next few weeks, we'll be looking at this same kind of idea and pulling it apart with myself and some other speakers. And so I'm excited for you to be a part of this tonight and hopefully the rest of this series. You can invite some friends to join us as well. And so tonight, it's simple. I just want to break down three important truths about God's design for you. As, as it's been laid out in Scripture, we, God has given us the Bible, which is his word. And you, no matter where you are in your spiritual journey, first of all, you're welcome here. Okay, So you do not need to be a Christian or whatever. Uh, you're here, hopefully, to... Take one step in your spiritual journey, and so I'm glad that you're here nonetheless. And so, and even, even no matter where you are at in terms of how, how you feel about the Bible or whether you adhere your life to it, I want you to know, like, we, we get into a lot of the Bible here, and I'd encourage you to allow yourself to be transformed by it. And I've seen that change take place in my life as I have studied and read and heard God's Word and studied and uh, memorized it even, and also, there, there's evidence to share that this is a, a, a real, truthful document that we have that God has given us. So all that to say, God's word has a lot to say about our design and God's role in designing us. And so first of all, I want to share with you, this is a very simple blank for you. There's some pens in the little pockets of your chairs. 
if you want to follow along with me. But it's basically the name of this message. I am designed for a purpose. I'm designed for a purpose. That's your first blank. And this is worth covering because culturally or kind of scientifically, according to people, we might be led to believe, people are led to believe that our existence, us being here as humanity or as the earth is just the result of a long, long process of cause and effect and cause and effect over and over that's gone on for the past hundreds of thousands or whatever years. And, and, or maybe, you know, we're living in a simulation, or maybe this is just one of many multiverses, right? There's all different ideas about, okay, what's the deal with how we got here in the first place? And maybe it's just a roll of the dice as to why we're even here. According to that worldview, we don't even make any choices, right? But rather, just... Our, our, our chemicals and matter have just been bouncing off of each other to create life and culture and existence by sheer chance. That is a worldview in the world today. And is that satisfying? Is that a satisfying worldview to take? I'm not sure. I don't think so. But more importantly than whether it is satisfying, is it true? Is that true? I don't think it is, and I think that we have evidence based on God's word and plenty of other things that God speaks to us through the way that he's designed us in order to show us that we've been designed, you've been designed with a purpose, not just by some random situation that occurred. In the first chapter of the first book of the Bible, Genesis, it says that God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. We are created in God's image. What does that mean? That's kind of a strange, it sounds cool, but it's one of those things that I might be confused about unless I can study on it. So what that means is that we, as, as, as persons, we think and feel, we respond and, and act and have values that we act upon. We are beings that have been created just a tiny bit, just a shade in the image of God, our creator, our designer. And he's even designed us to be able to design and create other things of our own. Isn't that amazing? And so God has planted, put that image on us. And here in Genesis, we see God's intention in creating you, in creating mankind. It was with purpose. It was with significance. You have a soul and in your soul, you have this unmistakable impression that you are here for a purpose. A purpose beyond just to live and die as a product of random chance, right? And so in Ecclesiastes, another book of the Bible, it says that God has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Do I have all the answers? Do, do you have all the answers? No. We can't fathom what God's done. This whole master plan of his, this design of his for creation. But we have a taste of it. And he has set eternity in the human heart. We are drawn to the notion that our, our, the notion of our own purpose and meaning that God has implanted in each one of us. In the psalm, 
chapter 139, it says, you saw me, God, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. And so not only is your life not random, it's not a mistake, but you are known by God. This is huge. You are designed by God, you are, and you are known by God. Every moment was laid out before a single day even took place. And so, when you come to college, man, this is a, a, an incredible time of life to explore and to experience and to pursue passions that we have. Passions often that God has put inside of you to, to do incredible things for his glory, to achieve great things. And so when we come to college, it's, it gives us this opportunity, this individuality to really pursue these experiences, pursue these achievements. And I know that for myself. When I came to college, that individuality, that gave me this clean slate. And specifically, man, what mattered so much to me and perhaps matters to you as well, what mattered so much to me in college was just, do people like me? How am I perceived by the people around me? How can I manage and control a good reputation and a positive image socially? Because I get so easily insecure about that. And that was something that dominated my, my mindset throughout probably my first whole year of being in college. I was just consumed by this idea of, oh no, what if they realize, what if they find out who I really am? What if they realize that I'm not cool or interesting? <laughs> And I was insecure about this. And that's something that in my life I've had to deal with, and perhaps you have too. And we all have different things that we struggle with as we seek to pursue this design that has been put inside of us. And so I was wrapped up in this social fear, this insecurity, this longing to belong. And so I and every college student and every human being, we have a problem. You guys, we have a problem. Even though I am designed for a purpose, and this is your next blank, my purpose is distorted by sin. Our purpose is distorted by sin. So God has this incredible plan, incredible design for us in the way that he made you, but there's a problem, and that is this distortion of this design. So what is sin, first of all? We gotta tackle that because that sounds like a, just kind of an interesting Bible word that I don't want us to run too far past. Sin is things that displease God, things that we do that displease God that are out of step with his good design for humanity. Things that we do that displease God that are out of step with his good design for, for you, for humanity. God is infinitely wise and just Righteous and holy, okay, he gets to set the standard for what's true and what's correct and what's right and righteous, okay? And so he's given us as mankind boundaries about what is good and what is evil. He's shown that to us in his word. And he's, given a, he's also even given us some sense of that in just our heart, in our soul. Man, mm, this feels wrong. We have a, a conscience that, that compels us with guilt when something when we do something wrong. 
And in Romans 3.23, it says this, for all have sinned, all have sinned, and fall short of the glory of God. We all fall short of the design of God. We have, we have twisted it or distorted it in our man-made, the, the, the fall that we have created for ourselves, the sin that we have fallen into, but ultimately rebelled against God in. And this is something that creates distance between us and God. So there's a problem there. None of us can really truly claim, man, no, I've never done anything wrong. Who's done something wrong? Okay, let's just get on the same level here, okay? Yeah? Better raise that hand, okay? So we've all done things wrong. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We are all separated from God by this undeniable reality of the human condition. Jeremiah 17, 9 says that the heart, the human heart is deceitful, is corrupt above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? In my heart of hearts, deep inside, though I am made in the image of God, that image, that design has been distorted and twisted and corrupted by the sin that lives inside my heart. And the same is true for all of us. We have taken God's good gifts and design and corrupted it, causing brokenness. And that brokenness, it leads us toward death and destruction. And that brokenness, you guys, if you haven't already seen that in college and in the relationships of different people and in the ways that people just screw up their lives, with this freedom to explore who I really am and my purpose comes this danger for us to explore something and go down a road toward this, this self-centered, pride, pride-filled destruction and death. Not just, not just physical death. People can do all kinds of foolish things to cause their own physical death. But no, spiritual death is what waits for us when we choose to live our own way according to our own designs, when we, when we split off from the good design of God. And that brokenness, it's clearly seen. And I clearly felt it in my heart in college as I tried to grasp for who am I? How can I get people to like me? How can I get rid of this, this longing to, to, to be somebody, to belong? And we all, once again, struggle with all kinds of different ways of trying to figure out this, the design that we were made for. And we're going, to, we're going to trip and fall every time, but there is a solution to this, this brokenness. And that is the third point, and that is that I can experience restoration through Jesus. You are designed for a purpose. You, we, we all struggle with the distortion of that good purpose and that good design of God, but you can experience restoration through Jesus. Before I move on, I want to tell you a story. Does that sound good? When I was in college, I, as I shared, studied graphic design, and I had a design internship, a graphic design internship on campus that I would check into and I would, I would work there. It was my job one of my jobs. And so we would do these different projects for clients around campus. Maybe it was organizations or departments, things like that. They would come to us and me and other students would design certain things that they needed 
as members of this, as, as leaders of the, the departments. And so I got this one project in, during my time there for a poster uh, and the kind of some large format displays. There was like a, like a this tall, big old kind of poster thingy that would go up in the little, like in the lobby or something like that. Then I had to design and it was a cool opportunity. And so I had this project, I met with the client and I came up with and I presented some ideas to this client. Uh, I followed a particular direction that this client chose, she chose. And I got, she signed off on it. And, and then I sent it to print and all right, the project's over, great. It, it went great, I thought. <laughs> and then, then something happened. A few days later, I think, my art director, my boss, wanted to see me about something. He wants to talk to me in the conference room. The conference room's for like groups of people, not like two people. <laughs> so when he calls me to the conference room, just the two of us, I don't know, guys. <laughs> I wasn't sure what to think about that, but I didn't like it. He sits me down in the conference room. He says, David, the client is not happy with the finished project. I'm going to edit your design to make it fit what the client's looking for. But the client says that you were rude, that you were arrogant in your meetings together, and she said that I should fire you. I was stunned. I was stunned. I, I did not see this coming. I didn't know. I didn't know. I, this, was so, this was such a blind side to me. But he looked me in the eye and said, she says that I should fire you. And so, of course, I'm sitting there shocked, wondering, what's he going to say next? He continues, I'm not going to fire you. I'll fix the design, and I want you to be more careful about your design process and about how you interact with these, with these people, these clients. And so to summarize this, this situation, this story, this had a huge impact on me as a person. And it really prompted me to change some things about the way that I handle my interactions with people. But the, the, the overall is that due to my pride in this project, due to my understanding of what I thought that I was creating for this client, something was wrong about my understanding. And there was an arrogance there. There was pride there. Due to my pride, my design fell short. And there were significant consequences for dropping the ball so hard, right? My job was on the line. I didn't realize it, but my job was on the line. And, but in the midst of this, my boss, he stepped in and he graciously fixed what was broken and mercifully rescued me from the consequences of my error the wrath of this client who wanted me, wanted me dead, uh, wanted me to get fired or something. Now, this is not a perfect metaphor. No metaphor is, but I'm going somewhere. Romans 3, verses 23 through 24. We read the first part of this passage a second ago, and this is the whole thing. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption of that is in Christ Jesus. So here's the deal. This is what this verse, this is what the Bible explains to us about our condition and the restoration available to us. Due to our pride and sinful nature, our designs for our lives, for our purpose, they fall short. There, were, there are significant consequences for this. 
The Bible tells us in Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death. The, the consequences, the results of our sin is death. But God stepped in. He sent Jesus to graciously fix what was broken and mercifully re rescue us from the consequences of our error. He, God sent his son, Jesus, to earth as a man to die in our place so that we would no longer have to suffer the punishment that his justice demands. Somebody needed to take that punishment and it was Jesus. And he took that punishment and then he was sacrificed. He was killed on the cross and then three days later he rose again, defeating death. And the whole message of what it means to follow God revolves around the fact that Christ has died for you so that you no longer need to worry about working or making it up to God. No, he saves you by, as a gift. There's nothing you can do to fix that error in your design. And as he saves you, he restores you and enables you to do greater things in his name for his glory. Second Corinthians 517 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. You get redesigned, okay? And so there's a key word, however, in that verse that I just shared. And that word is if. If anyone is in Christ. If you are in Christ, you are a new creation. But you need, you must make that choice. And so I want to show you, I want to share with you how to say yes to following Jesus. We need to make that choice. And especially at this pivotal moment, as we launch into a new semester, a new school year, perhaps your college career has just begun. And man, now is the perfect time to make it count and to make a decision that will forever change your college career and your life. How to say yes to following Jesus. A, B, C. A, B, C. It's simple. First, you admit that you have sinned against God. Admit. Romans 3.23, it already told us, all have sinned. This shouldn't be hard. You have sinned. We need to admit that we have done that to God. Second, we need to believe that Jesus died for you and rose again. You need to believe that and trust what he has shown you through his word and through the testimony of his witnesses. Admit you've sinned, believe Jesus died. And then third, see, commit. Commit to follow Jesus as your leader, as your forgiver, as your savior. Admit, believe, commit. This is, these are the three things that need to occur in order for us, us to experience the, the new creation, the redesign, the restoration that you can experience and it'll change the game. It's going to change the game for your life in college. So how then will you get the most out of college? How are you going to get the most out of college? Is it by getting amazing grades? Is it by being the life of the party? By securing a dope job after you graduate? There's all different ways that we want to succeed. We want to get the most out of this experience, this four-year experience that we have together. I discovered, I discovered 
through God's influence in my life, and I believe that this is true for every single person, we all need this, that to make the most out of college, to make the most out of life, I have to let go of my own designs, my own ambitions, and entrust them to God. And I realized that when I did that, he would take care of me. He would meet my needs. He would fulfill me for his glory. I could trade my insecurity, my shame, my, my need to be, to be liked, to belong, to be perceived as someone interesting, as someone good. I can, I, I can trade those things that were just holding me back for freedom for peace that only God gives. This is how he has brought me from death to life. This is how he has restored my life, not just to have eternal life in heaven, but to have abundant life now. In John 10, 10, Jesus told us that he came so that we may have life to the full. I want you to experience life to the full. I want you to experience college to the full. And in Ephesians 2, verse 10, it says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. He's designed incredible things for your life if you would just give your life to him. If you would submit to the design of your creator, your designer, if you choose to follow Jesus, he will turn you into the masterpiece that he wants you to become. You can be created anew to live out your potential, your purpose. And so, as we, as we transition, I'm going to pray now. After that, we're going to get into some more worship. But I want to invite you now to consider making Jesus the Lord of your life. If you, if you want to start this school year fully committed to God... You can repeat this prayer after me in your mind. You can just think it to God. God, thank you for designing me for a purpose. Thank you for loving me and for sending Jesus to bear my brokenness. I am sorry for living for myself and sinning against you. You have made a way for me to be restored. I choose to trust you with my life so I can receive your gift of salvation and restoration. Lead me to live for you during my life in college and beyond. In Jesus' name, amen.